In this episode of Octal FM, we talk about the state of home virtual reality. Is it the future of video gaming? And how far away are we from living in the Matrix? Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Sefran. And today we're going to talk about the state of home virtual reality products. Things like the Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive. And also the PlayStation VR, which is kind of a console version of those two products, which are for PC. It's probably worth sort of talking about the things that we're not going to talk about. Um, When we say VR, we are just going to talk about those kinds of solutions. That sort of like middle ground between the crazy kind of setups with pods and treadmills or or things where you put on a whole array of sensors yeah yeah chest piece or something that vibrates or you know weird <laughs> things like that we're not to, like that stuff is very interesting um and there's a lot of rapid movements in the industry um a lot of people trying to find something that is maybe the next big thing or that sort of gold rush if you like of of all kinds of interesting and wacky products And we're also not going to talk about the kind of low-end bits and pieces. So things more like the phone-based virtual reality solutions. So things like the Galaxy Gear um, and Google uh, Daydream. Google Cardboard. Cardboard. Yeah, Google Cardboard (laughs) and and, and Daydream, which is sort of like the formal version of Cardboard. They're also (laughs) quite interesting. And actually, it is worth, you know, maybe talking about them one time or or just thinking about them. Like, there's a lot of technology in your phone. um, And so actually... It's weird. It sounds like something that isn't possible, but actually we have so many sensors and so much high quality displays in your phone that it's not really surprising that phone-based VR is becoming a a thing a little bit. I think it's definitely its own thing as well. Like uh, it has its own uses over what we're going to be talking today. Mm, Like it's more portable, obviously, because it's just your phone and a relatively small headset that doesn't require any real connectivity does it really no, um, it doesn't so you know they have they have their own uses but i mean we're, we're talking about the the three kind of main headsets today primarily from especially from like a gaming point of view as well aren't yes we? agreed we are yeah not we don't really want to talk too much about the the technical differences as well because that's sort of all trending towards the same kind of thing we just really want to focus on what's the current sort of state of things at the time of recording with that sort of for want of a better phrase, pro gamer VR solution. Yeah. You know, and price is perhaps a factor there as well. Like like it is a pro thing because it's expensive, but that will probably get cheaper as well. So that's not necessarily something that we want to get too hung up on. It's not, we're not going to dismiss this whole thing out of hand because it's expensive to get yeah, set up. Absolutely. It's not fair because the technology is still very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and it is certainly worth kind of looking at and maybe trying to kind of not guess, but take an educated sort of estimate as to where yeah. the technology is going and where yeah. the market, or rather where the industry wants to lead the market as well. Yeah, exactly. It may seem like VR has sort of popped up um, and this sort of magical thing has appeared, but that's not really the case. I think that a lot of the technology has always been around. It's just that like a lot of things, and we've actually talked about this and touched on this before with our um, the, the sen- voice activated... The, yeah. 
Yeah, the voice-activated home assistants. Um, when we talked about Alexa and Google Home and stuff it's like that. It's all previous like, existing technology. It's just yeah. been made much faster and yeah. much, much, much more accessible to a more kind of domestic environment. Exactly. I mean, we had the the virtual boy, right? Like that was that, yeah. that was this, and that was you know however long ago that was. I don't know. Was that? That's. Uh, I want to say like fifteen years, maybe. Yeah. Coming close to twenty. Yeah, maybe. You know, that was obviously a very failed project and and very failed product. Sorry, and and way before its time. But the concept of doing this fundamentally hasn't really changed. Just some no, of the technology really. has improved. You know, the reason why we're now seeing a lot of high quality VR is because we've now got the ability to have very rapidly updating, small, dense screens. And a lot of that has come from phones and the advent of smartphones and the yeah. sort of development of retina displays and things like that. The need for higher and higher quality and smaller and smaller capacities. Exactly. And also, you know, we're now seeing a trend, I think, towards very high frame rates phone screens as well and mm. that is kind of maybe vr coming back as well you know they're sort of converging in the sense that we're getting very high frame rate displays as well so that is definitely one factor especially when you think back to the virtual boy which i think had a motorized mirror flicking to right. move one image between two screens i don't know like there's definitely <laughs> some there's been some crazy vr stuff that's involved you know physical things moving around and stuff like that We've also now got the ability to have very high bandwidth and transfer of information between your PC and something that is connected to it. Yeah. So previously going back, you know, going back a, quite a while, PCs were connected to things like printers and keyboards. And, yes. You know, you had a display connected, but that was a dedicated connection for your display. And that was like the most, right? Like there wasn't really, there isn't really anything apart from a display that has had such high connectivity between mm -hmm. your PC and your... And even that was tailored towards a particular type of data being sent. Yeah. And a particular type of display. But now we're talking about two displays, one for each eye and a whole bunch of sensors sending loads of data backwards you know back to the to your pc about you know movement of your headset and your hands and things like that and actually that is part of it as well you know we've now got much more sophisticated sensors that are able to detect you know very sophisticated things about motion tracking and stuff like that when you think back a little bit to something like the nintendo wii you know and and the early Wii motion controls that had a sort of sensor bar that you had to point at yeah. um, and it had very rudimentary sort of axis control where it could detect kind of shape um, shaking of the Wiimotes and sort of orientation to some extent but it took an add-on for the Wiimotes the Motion Plus to really get fine-grained controls which are now and that was a whole extra like weighty addition to the mm -hmm. Wiimote, right? And now we've got something better than that in these con controllers for these um, VR solutions. So essentially the whole thing is just become much more refined mm. um, and it's just become far more practical to actually have as a product that can be used by a home user. Yeah. And one of the most popular ones that is being used by a lot of people, uh, especially people on the PC side of things. So obviously there is the, the PlayStation VR, which is a bit more kind of specialist, obviously, towards... I don't know, can you use a PlayStation VR for other reasons? I guess you probably could if you kind of, like, messed about with it. I think it has a proprietary connector, so I'm oh, not sure. It? Yeah, right. I think so. Maybe not. But uh, well, that's the Oculus Rift. I, I feel mm. like that's probably the most well-known one as well. Um, because, so. I mean, it's been around for quite a while. Uh, I mean, you kind of did a little bit of digging and, like, prototypes go back as far back as 2009. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely. quite a long time. That's like eight years from yeah, day of recording. That's a, like, very that's long a long time. time. 
but it's the most well known in terms of marketing uh, as well and it kind of hits all the same bo- all the right boxes sort of thing i think it's kind of like the most middle ground one as well isn't it mm, yeah kind of does a bit of everything but we recently got the opportunity to try one, didn't we? Um, we went to, well, I think we went to, but you hosted <laughs> the <laughs> the lands that we, we regularly go to. And one of the guys there, um, shout outs to Mix, had his Oculus with him and all his kind of like, you know, set up for it with his PC and the controllers yeah. and the sensors and all that. Yeah, he has the full setup, which is the, the Rift headsets, the two sensors, which let, is, I think you can have more, but the two sensors that let you do some movement around in a sort of space that you point them in, and also the two controllers that you can hold in your hands, which are the Oculus Rift controllers. So mm-hmm. you can you can have just the Rift on its own and an Xbox controller, but that's kind of like the very bare bones, and this was the sort of full deal. So we're not talking about just the headset, we're talking about the, whole, the thing as a whole package. And one of the things that we both we went into it a little but i think we both went a bit skeptical mm. but we both came away from it actually quite positive about the whole experience yeah but also with more maybe a little bit more um perspective towards what it actually is and is going to be rather than what maybe yeah. the marketing is trying to make it seem like yeah i think it's kind of weird because in some ways i was like this is amazing and in yeah, some definitely. ways i was like this is not as good as i was expecting because <laughs> I think you're right. Like, I think a lot of it is marketing and the media is sort of coverage. And I think it does take trying it for yourself to really understand where the technology is. You have to put that headset on and go, oh, okay, this is what this it's is like what right it now. Is, yeah. Like, this is where we've got to so far with, with with VR. Because when people describe it to you, you can't necessarily... Yeah, it's hard. You know, pick it up as much. Like, one of the things that I noticed primarily that I think indicated to me that there's still a lot of room for improvement and that is the just even though it's great and it's come a long way (laughs) the resolution of the screens and the sort of quality of the lenses is still too low and it's so noticeable because it's so close to you it is it is exceptionally noticeable like you put them on and you're like have i got it on right like like (laughs) am i am i missing something is there something and you're like and after a while you get you totally get used to it just like you get used to playing a snes right like you get used to the graphics on a snes and you're like this is fine this is normal but initially you're like oh this is how bad it is right now like this like it's still we're still you know this is not high res stuff right and actually it's a weird disparity with something like you know, the very high res sort of retina displays that you get on laptops and phones now. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, this is like as far away from that as you can That's like having an old be. like 15 inch sort of LCD yeah. monitor. <laughs> it really is. Like, it's like, you know what it feels like? It feels like you're playing on 640 by 480. Yeah, it does. Like that's Which how you go low about like 10, 15 years. It's like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. But yeah, we've exactly. gotten so used to such high resolution now, you know, it, it is kind of hard, uh, difficult to get used to. I felt like there was still there was quite a lot of light bleed as well. Like, like that's the best way I can think of of describing it. It's sort of like you're viewing something through a little bit of a sort of fuzzy, not fuzzy mm. lens, but you know, a little bit of Vaseline on it, kind of thing. Yeah, almost like you're wearing your glasses, but your glasses aren't quite right. Yeah, really. and like you're unlike glare, like you know, glare from streetlights, especially if you wear glasses or something like that. Like you know, you're like, oh, it's just a little bit like 
like it's kind of smudgy because it's bright and i think that's a challenge that they've is diff- very difficult for them to overcome because again the pixels are right in front of your face you know it is beaming light very yeah, close that's exactly to what you. it's doing and it's really difficult i don't know i i'm not going to pretend like i understand how they could do that because again we're not going to maybe go into the tech side of this too much because no. i don't understand that i don't know if you do either but no. like it, it does seem like a very difficult problem to try and solve yeah and i guess like you just gotta try and move past all that i guess it's like ragging on like the um the original Wii, like the fact that oh sometimes the sensor kind of like you know zooms off in one direction or you know you can just flick your wrist to yeah exactly kind of thing if you i guess it's part of suspending your belief your belief yeah suspension of disbelief like you do with any kind of game i guess if you just got to try and turn off from that and then yeah. enjoy it for what it is rather than what it's sort of not. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think, and I think you said it right, like the tech does still feel a little bit like a proof of concept, but mm. you're right that in order to really understand this and to see where it's going, you have to kind of see past that a little bit. And actually we did say that we were surprised by how, or I was very surprised by how important and how great the Oculus Touch controllers are. Yes, they are very good. They are so good. I was amazed by how good they are. All of the capacitive sensors on it and, you know, just that general feeling of them. It was perfect. You you forgot that you were using them because they were so good. And, you know, when you think about it, it's like, well, yeah, that's hardly surprising because that's not the new bit here, right? That's the yeah. most refined bit of the tech controllers in this are entire really, thing. Uh, yeah, traditional. You know, we've had motion controls for ages. We've had capacitive sensors. We've had, all, you know, all of that stuff. So it's hardly surprising that that bit is really, really good. But they are so good. They were actually stand out for me out of the whole experience. I was like, these controllers are amazing. I do think it would detract a lot from the experience, especially if you used it for the first time, if you were still using like a 360 controller or something. Agreed. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not, it's not saying 360 controller is bad. In fact, it's one of the best controllers ever. But that would very much make it just you're playing with a screen on your head rather than playing with vr yeah and i felt that a lot trying elite dangerous where Mm. you know you're feeling around a joystick especially it was unfamiliar because it was mixes and not mine but you know that felt weird it didn't feel right because i'm like i can't see what i'm looking at but actually the rift the touch controllers are so good you can hold them up when you're playing and you feel like you can look at them and be like oh that's where that button is they're pretty intuitive yeah you know i was really impressed with that and also we both said like the the packaging is really good. And it the, is, yeah. You know, the, there's clearly some very high quality materials. Everything feels robust, more robust than you expect, actually, I think. But that leads into maybe one of my more negative points is that they've packaged it and they've marketed it as this really lovely finished product that's super user-friendly that you can go out and buy. Like you go out and you buy your PlayStation, you know, you, you, you plug it in, you turn it on and off, you go. Yeah. But it's it's kind of not. It, it's still mm. sort of like you've you've worded it here as like a beta, and it kind of yeah. still is. Yeah, like it. It to me, it just screams the companies that are making them. So is it Facebook that owns Oculus? Did you say they do? Yeah, you know, and like uh, the Rift, which is HTC. No, the, the Vive, which is HTC, and I think Steam has like a thing involved. The Valve, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah, they're partnered up with Vive. You know, it feels like they've put a lot of their money and hopes into this technology yep. and it they kind of know it isn't ready yet yeah. but they want to start making money from it now rather than in like another 5 years time when it's going to yeah. cost them even more money this is another theme in some of the things that we've talked about where we've talked about um the internet of things and mm. we said that 
that was kind of a similar, like very polished marketing, very polished looking products, but some of the tech isn't there yet. And some, or in that case, it's like you're creating artificial demand. And maybe yes. there's an element of that here with this as well. This is perhaps a little bit artificial demand, you know, just push, push, push to try and make it seem like it's more finished than it is. And I mean, you've got to recover the costs of the R&D somehow. So it's hardly surprising that they're doing that. But nonetheless, that doesn't change the fact that I think you're absolutely right. The marketing is like, this is a polished product. The actual experience, <laughs> if we of... didn't have Mix on hand, who obviously you know spent a lot of time with it already, we'd have really struggled to kind of get it to work Definitely. properly. Yeah. Uh, whereas he was just like, yeah, no problem, tap 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 tap, and off you go. And that's yeah. really good when that can happen. But of course, most of the time, you're not going to have someone yeah. that's very experienced with the product next to you sorting it all out for you while you're trying to play. There was another thing you said as well, which was about um, it doesn't feel tightly integrated with mm. things like Steam and Windows. You know, there's situations where it just feels kind of weird because obviously it's another two displays to your PC. If you if you don't have the game alt tabbed open, you get a warning on the headset that is like your game is not focused in the in your, on your operating system. Like take your headset off and alt tab <laughs> to it in Windows, and it's like. Okay, this is... You know, I should like, be being told to alt-tab to something by the program. Yeah, like that's weird. And that's just like a workaround because that's how early this is. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that is really, really important to emphasize. Which would be fine if that's how they were marketing it, but that's the point they're not, are they? Yeah. They're marketing it as this finished product. You know, exactly. as this... Agreed. You, you are buying it and it is ready to go sort of thing, but it's kind of not. One thing that we've sort of said that is a bit more ready to go though is the games Definitely. right like the games are great i think developers have learned a lot from working with phones and things like the wii and the connect thinking about how to use technology game developers are now way more familiar with like weird stuff right like Definitely. new technology and experimenting with it all the games that we've played and that we can find really for like the oculus in particular they're designed with the Oculus in mind. They're designed with everything that you're going to be experiencing in mind in the first place. So the game's designed to make best use of it all. Obviously, the one that we played uh, a lot of, which is obviously something we've played in the past anyway, was Elite Dangerous. Yeah. And it, I think it was kind of like when it was being kind of created uh, and developed, it was with VR in mind, wasn't it? Yeah, they were. They had support for the Oculus Rift development kits very early on. In fact, they were one of the few sort of very polished and finished games that had quite core built-in support mm -hmm. for it, whereas other things you had to just kind of fake it. And that's one of the... I think that was the only game that we played that wasn't necessarily just an exclusive, was it, that to, to a yeah. VR headset? Like, this is a game you can just play outside of that. All the other ones that we played and that were available were very much a, you have to have the headset to be able to play in the first place, otherwise it's impossible, really. Yes. Like, the standout ones, I think, for for me, and maybe for you, but you really enjoyed another one as well, was Robo Recall. Yeah, it's really good. I really like it. Again, it's not... These games almost don't feel like full games, even though they sort of are. They kind of feel like yeah. demos of what could be done with the concept that they're going with even though they are full games and they are very fun like the, it, this is the perfect sort of game that exemplifies the ability of like the on-rail shooter with almost like mm. semi-free movement yeah i actually i've just thought like a lot of the games that at the moment work really well on the on vr are kind of very arcade game yes yeah definitely 
because they're quite short because they need to be because you're standing up and they've just got that sort of feeling about them like robo recall sort of like very intense short bursts basically it's a like you say it's a sort of semi on rails uh, shooter where you're shooting robots essentially mm-hmm. um and you can also grab them and throw them and you can sort of teleport to move around which is a very clever use of the limitations of moving around in in VR and everything about it just feels really nice it feels really cool and then there's other ones as well like there's a a sort of version of super hot which i really really liked yeah for that video um, it worked, you enjoyed it worked better than i thought it would uh, and i really liked that i actually think the super hot i've played it a little bit for you know the the normal one mm-hmm. i think it's better in vr i think it works better in, in I, VR. I think yeah even though it wasn't necessarily developed with vr in mind i think it it almost caters towards the VR market really yeah. nicely because it's it's more of a kind of a fun experience than a, than a game yeah. like in a more traditional game, um, yeah. and the the fact that you can kind of you know see bullets flying towards you and you can physically kind of reach out and grab that vase to throw at yeah. someone that kind of thing. And I, I really love that you can actually dodge things yeah. by moving around. Like the head, the combination of headset and controllers you're holding is enough for the game to work out your movements Mm -hmm. so you can dodge bullets by moving your head around and your hands around and it's like that is so cool like if you're looking at the bullet then you are dodging the bullet yeah and if it's in front of your face it's hit you that's just really really cool i was not expecting that kind of level of sophistication of like it was when mix was like you know you can duck behind that thing that you're you're, that you're stood in front of and i'm like wait what (laughs) i can duck behind this thing and shoot over the top of it oh my god like that's just amazing and then a lot of the other games we played weren't quite maybe as sort of fleshed out games. They were yeah. they were more sort of like, look at this cool thing you can do with the Oculus that is just sort of, it, it's one thing and that's the game. So, for example, The Climb, hence the name of it. <laughs> yeah. And don't get me wrong, it's great, it really is, but it's, it's just like a, this is a mechanic you can use and this yeah. might be included into a more kind of fleshed out game. Um, and again, it works really nicely, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's basically, you're basically climbing, right? It's like you're climbing a cliff or something and you can also jump and you have to sort of reach around and you can look around. It's a great demo of VR and also how VR can make you feel, I think. The climb was actually the first thing I played and it wasn't super impactful for me because I was it was coupled with my realization that the graphics are so limited. Yeah. And the climb is quite slow paced. And I was like, wow, I can really see that skybox right now. Yeah. Because it's like just a very ordinary sort of almost retro like skybox. You know, you can almost see the cube <laughs> around you of the, of the you know of the landscape. So I think actually something like Robo Recall, although it's much more fast paced, which makes it harder, it's I think it's better because place, it's yeah. it's more distracting as a, as a first sort of experience. And then we also play things like Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, which is yep. sort of like a party game where it's like an asymmetrical play where you get one person who has to defuse a bomb, the other people outside of the game have to kind of like tell you how to do it using like a manual. And actually asymmetrical, asymmetric multiplayer is a great use of the of these things because you've only got one VR headset. Exactly. Right? So that's kind of like what the Wii U was working, was trying to do a little bit. And they didn't use it brilliantly well, but I think this no. is sort of another way you could definitely use it as well. Like, yeah. And we we use it probably how it was designed in the sense that it's almost like a party piece. Like, yeah. hey guys, check out the, this VR headset. Isn't it cool? And then everyone can ha- kind of have a go and get involved in the same time. That actually, were, I, that's actually a good sort of side point, a little bit tangential, but it worked really well in a land setting to have yeah. the rift there because it was a great, like, 
break from playing games and stuff mm-hmm. like that like people could try it the only disadvantage was that it took up a pc yeah but actually that kind of it worked out okay because it was a fairly casual land anyway this time so that's a really sort of like you say like we used it kind of it was in the perfect environments you know mm-hmm. like where lots of people could give it a go and share it you don't all need to have one you know which costs a lot of money you've got yeah. one person who's got it and everyone can sort of benefit from that and that actually worked really well so we had a positive experience overall uh with vr like i genuinely enjoyed it Me and too. i i really enjoyed playing rubber recall i thought it was great and, and i love the kind of the silly partiness of keep talking nobody explodes but the one that really made me go wow maybe i could buy one of these was elite and that's because i've played some elite and and the whole, the whole idea of it being yes it really does change the way you see the game i think is almost true yep but then i know we said we weren't going to talk about it very much but then you look at the price point and it's like <laughs> wow yeah. that's an expensive way just to experience the same game i've played for already how many hundred hours agreed i think that it, we, it is difficult to completely ignore the price of these solutions at the moment. You know, for the limited number of games and the limited number of experiences that you're adding on and the limited amount of change that it makes to your existing gaming and the things that you play right now means that it's very difficult to justify that. But even not taking that into account, I think that... I don't think that VR is or this style of virtual reality is the future of gaming. No, it's but not I think, the next big thing. No, but I think that it is an indication of a future of gaming, just yeah. like the Wii was an indication of the future and the Kinect was to some extent. And, you know, all of those things, this is another example of that journey that we're going on. I liked how you worded it in the sense that this isn't the future of gaming, this is a future of gaming. Yeah. Exactly. Um, which is, I think that's a great way of putting it. It's just another way of experiencing this kind of content. Yeah. And I feel like it's closest to the Connect in its sort of makeup of what it is. I think that it's better than the Connect by mm. far. Like it's a much better experience than the Connect. But it's kind of like what the Connect was missing in a way. Like it almost like it needed to be in front of your face when you were using the Connect. Yeah. And I'd that's kind so. of what this is. Because the Connect almost had like it didn't do enough of anything. Like, it wasn't useful mm. enough as a more traditional style of control, but it just wasn't good enough to make it work for a tailored experience. Whereas sort of the, the, the headsets that we've used so far are very much uh, staying away from trying to emulate a more traditional experience and give you something quite unique and interesting. Yeah. Like one of the points that we didn't really mention earlier was the fact that there don't seem to be any ports of traditional games for VR, really. Yeah. Um, like, you can't sit and play your more traditional, like, Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto or Assassin's Creed in them. I mean, maybe you can do soon. I don't know. But yeah. I don't think you want that either. No. Because these give a more unique experience. And that is probably how it's where, where it's going to go and stay, I think, for, for the longest time. I think you're right. I think, again game developers in the industry have learned that when you have something like this, you need to embrace it for it to work well. Again, like I know we're drawing it back to, to it, but the Nintendo Wii, you know, mm-hmm. the Wii worked best when you had good games that made use of it and used it well. And it worked badly when you had developers fighting against it. And it feels like that lesson has been learned a little bit with the, with VR. And now you're only getting things that are working with it. Partially yeah. because you kind of have to compared to the Wii where you can kind of just sort of ignore Shoot it. Shoot stuff it, in, yeah. Yeah. But 
I think that it's got that benefit of sort of hindsight of those previous experiences, which means that it's, it's off to a better start in some ways, but we don't know for sure, right? Like, is it maybe going to go the way of, you know, 3D TVs and 3D cinema and stuff like that? Like, although 3D cinema is still a thing, but 3D TVs less so, you know, I know that this is a big thing for you is sort of like, and you've touched on this is right now it feels like these companies are making this out to feel bigger than it is because they want to sell it. They want to sell it. They want to try and make some money back on these heavy investments that they've made. And I can appreciate that. I can, because I understand that they've got bottom lines and they've got stakeholders to talk to. But at the same time, it almost it, like I really, really disliked the the push of 3D TVs a few years ago. Like it felt like every single t- television manufacturer was telling you, if you don't have a 3D TV, then you're gonna get left behind. And that just wasn't the case now anymore, like yeah. at all, is it? Like it's pointless. Yeah. Whereas, like when people were saying you've got to get DVDs or Blu-ray, that's the new future. Then yeah, that was true. That was the way forward. That was the next kind of form of media. This isn't that, you know, this isn't that, this isn't the move from say, you know, SD to HD viewing. And this isn't the way of, you know, going to a digital on demand service of, you know, consuming video content, you know, this is just another 3D TV or, you know, (laughs) hell, voice assistant, you know. Yeah. And (laughs) Uh, and I guess it's a good example, like also the same way that the Kinect wasn't the future, you know, and we still have things with controllers, right? And we've got these things alongside, like maybe this is something that is going to be additional, just like now we have smartphone gaming, right? That's clearly here to stay, you know, and that wasn't a thing that was around before and that's not died, you know, and that's sort of in some form or another is here to stay and is its own thing to, that now needs to evolve and will evolve and continue on its own path. Whereas the Kinect, you know, that's, this is almost part of the connect side of things of like different peripherals, different ways of playing Mm. games, that kind of path. And there are other things as well, right? That we're sort of, you know, we're maybe going to see, you know, maybe we're going to see better uh, mixed reality and maybe that's going to become, that's part of it. You know, we're seeing more developments in that and more investment in that recently with things like um, Apple's AR kits, you know, they're really heavily investing in augmented reality and mixed reality, things like the HoloLens, which isn't really for gaming, but, could be at some point and maybe people like oculus i'm sure that they're developing it i'm sure they must be looking at it you know sit that's so when we say mixed reality we mean at the moment those things like put a card on your desk and something and look at it through your phone and something appears and you can sort of look around it on your phone kind of pokemon go like almost and pokemon go pokemon go is a great example of augmented reality um how that's sort of you know i know people switch it off but it's kind (laughs) of you know it's a it's an example of where that's maybe going and then also we can get kind of crazy right like we can start to talk about the matrix and what is the next level of you know interaction and immersion in video games you know if the if vr is a trend towards that on that immersion path um forgetting the interaction forgetting the things like connect and motion controls and thinking more about getting the game closer to you to the point where you're not looking at the rest of the world yeah if you believe that that is the future of video games then what's the next step there Okay, how realistic is that is that a bit too sci-fi yeah you know is, is it even something that could you know literally work is that even physically possible with human anatomy like who knows yeah and we'll link to some articles about some of the things that are being worked on there but these are really really far away yeah if at all if it's even suitable for gaming maybe we'll be having that same discussion of like this is gaming this is just another way of playing games like 
and it's really expensive to have like <laughs> stuff hooked up to your brain but also it's we tried it at a LAN and it was it really was cool, really cool. <laughs> Mixer bought one <laughs> like and we were of course using he did. it yeah of course he did <laughs> uh you know maybe like maybe that is you know a thing like but it's like oh it feels super uncomfortable people find it really weird so you know it's not the future of gaming you know people are still playing call of duty 310 or whatever yeah, you know exactly. it'll be interesting to see if if this is a trend towards immersion i didn't particularly feel like it felt more immersive than ordinary video games no, or like just a cool way of doing it yeah like it wasn't like a new i was like wow this is so much more immersive than playing video games normally just, oh wow this is pretty neat yeah exactly just the same as reading a book is still just as immersive as watching a film right like exactly. it's not like better it doesn't replace either or yeah exactly exactly i think my overall kind of conclusion coming away from having like played it and also talked about it is it's really fun it's worthwhile giving it a go if you get the chance to but it's definitely probably not worth dropping the money on it unless you've got like you know quite a lot of expendable income and you really want to kind of like set up this party piece for other people yeah, and maybe if you've already got a really decent PC and you really yeah, and that's that that's like that's just a given. It's like I don't have to spend money on buying a PC. I can just buy the Rift, which is still a lot of money, mm. but it's less than being like, oh, and also I need a new PC to do yeah. it. You know, that's that's ridiculous money then at that point at the moment. You know, you're talking a couple of grand easily <laughs> on a decent PC and a Rift to go from nothing to VR. And that is nuts right now. And maybe the PlayStation VR is an indication of the more affordable approach, just mm-hmm. like consoles are more affordable than PCs, yeah. really, you know, like if we're being honest, you know, and more out of the box, maybe that's the way that the affordable option will go. Um, and the price will come down, right? Like this, if this stays popular, it will get cheaper. That's just a fact. Um, you know, technology gets cheaper and the requirements drop, relatively speaking. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's really, really cool. And I think it's definitely worth trying. And I'm excited to see what more stuff comes out of it. And I'm excited to, for it to reach that point where it is easier to just be like, yeah, I'm actually going to get, you know, a VR headset because now it's way easier and it doesn't cost me as much and it's yeah. not going to be fiddly to set up. And, you know, I can just have some fun. You might see it starting to get bundled with the consoles, so, you know, yeah. like you, but you buy a PlayStation and you can buy like a version that comes with the headset for maybe an extra hundred pounds or something rather than exactly. buy a whole other separate thing for the cost of the console. Exactly. And believe me, we will get there and that will be an exciting time when you've got that point where it is so much more reachable because it was a lot of fun and it will, and that's not going to go away. It's not going to not be fun yeah. um, as it gets more attainable. So that is really exciting to know that in a few years time, We'll all be able to enjoy some of this stuff um, and there'll be even more stuff to, to sort of enjoy. But don't worry, you know, or not worry is the wrong word, but, you know, you're still going to have all this other stuff. And this is not necessarily... It's you know, not the gold rush. You have to rush out and make sure you have one straight away. You're not going to miss out that much for now. Completely. Wait for now. Um, definitely. Uh, but definitely try it. Maybe, like, you think they were completely wrong in that sense. Maybe you think they are the, the absolute must have thing right now and yeah. this is the future and if you don't get on board now you're kind of like missing out and you might as well kind of you know be an early adopter you know fair enough get, you know let us know tell us why you think that as well maybe you can give us a bit more information as to what we're missing maybe we're not thinking something or maybe you're the opposite maybe you think that this is just another kind of cash grabbing gimmick that companies mm. just want to milk games for because they've run out of other ideas to make their more traditional <laughs> gaming more viable because that's true as well I mean games become a little bit stale in some instances you know yeah. in, you, you have to turn to indie games for more interesting experiences now aren't you yeah. so either way do let us know what you think about VR it would be interesting and I think at the moment because obviously it's still relatively new 
you're going to have a lot of mixed opinions on the matter too. There's yeah. not like an established, this is the kind of general internet consensus on it. Yeah, agreed. Definitely let us know. You can email us uh, at show at octal.fm. Uh, you can tweet us. We're on Twitter. We're just at octal.fm. You can message us on Facebook. Might start up a little Facebook chat, mm-hmm. Facebook uh, comment thread about this when I, when the episode is out. Just search for octal.fm on Facebook and you'll find us on there. But otherwise, that's about it. This has been. This is, I really enjoyed that chat. Actually, that was really fun. Um, well, it was it, nice. It was nice because we, we we both did it at the Lamb, but we didn't really yeah. talk about our experience. We both just yeah. kind of like played it and we then carried on. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It was so. really cool. But yeah, so catch us again for another episode of Octal FM soon. I've been Gelada, and I've been Saffron. And uh, thank you for listening. And soon we'll be coming to a VR experience as well. One day we'll be in your brains. Oh my god! <laughs> could you imagine? Oh my god! No, that's so bad. Yeah, I'm recording. Whoop, whoop. So am I. I'm sure. I'm good, fairly good. sure. I'm going to take your <laughs> word for that one, even though that's probably a bad idea.